0: We're continuing on in our series of looking at Joseph as a role model. And really, he's one of the most encouraging characters in Scripture because he's a per- picture of someone who goes through hardness, right? He experienced great hardship, um, intent- an intense period of preparation, and that's what's clear in his life. It, God just didn't just take him through you know, great difficulty, that it was all for a purpose, all to prepare him to reign uh, in, you know, in Egypt and so forth. And so that all of that period and then he experiences revival, the blessing, you know, that's that's going to sustain nations, that's going to sustain the people of God. And he also gives us a pattern that we can look at uh, and expect to see in the last days you know, it talks in, with Joseph, there were seven years of blessing or increase um, of outstanding harvests. One year after another, he just brought in another harvest after another harvest. Uh, they must have just been amazed, those farmers out in their crop. Wow. Look at how it's, you know, I don't know if it was bigger than a hundredfold. I mean, it just had to be massive that there was... You know, no failures, no problems. It just kept coming and coming to the point where it was impossible to keep count. And in fact, I was just looking at those verses in Genesis 41, 48. It says, He gathered up all the food of the seven years that which are in the land of Egypt, the land of, laid up the food in the cities, and He laid up every city the food of the fields which surrounded them, and He gathered much grain as the sand of the sea. Now that's going to be. Important when we in a little bit the sand of the sea until he stopped counting for it was immeasurable. That's a picture of what God is going to do in the last days. And in, you know, extension of that, we're looking to that in our days to to see that, to taste it, to experience it, to enter into that. As we see the days approaching, I, I don't know that the world has seen that kind of a period of natural bounty since then. Um, but God gave it to him in Joseph's day for a sign. It was a it's a picture and a type of what God is going to do spiritually in the earth in the days to come, because God is going to pour out his spirit in a way that the world has never seen or known before. You know, kind of like that verse in the Old Testament and, and that's Paul quotes in the New Testament that or that is quoted in Acts, you know, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, or hasn't even entered into the heart of man and our imagination what God has prepared. Because he wants a harvest of those who will love him and follow him. And he's going to do that. Of course, then there's seven years of famine, right? Really, the, the, the seven years of plenty is to prepare for the seven years of famine. And so, you know, we're preparing for revival, which is pre- to prepare us for what comes after revival the test that's going to come upon all the earth. And so really God is going to pour out His Spirit as a witness to the world of His power. And then the world is going to be tried because the Word of God is always tried. When God gives His Word and His blessing can be you know, a type of His Word coming to us. His Word brings fruit. But the Word of the Lord is always tried and it's going to try the earth. There's that thought of revival, you know, that, that that is what God is calling us to, to prepare for, that we can flow with it. I mean, I think about, uh, you know, even our fellowship, Zion Fellowship, that it's kind of revival as a part of our DNA in that sense of how we were started and how, um, you know, it was really one of the founding principles that the Lord gave to our founder, Dr. Brian Bailey. Um, one of the first things the Lord showed him when he came to America from Europe it was that was a vision of America, and you know he kind of saw the the reputation I mean when he came to America, America was the reputation of America was like this, but he just said he saw the Lord just kind of taking it down, but then it would come back up, you know God would rise raise up the United States again, and then revival would break out, and he understood it to be a mighty revival. you know that was kind of how God confirmed him to what he wanted him to do in the United States and why he brought him there. And when the, our fellowship was established, you could say revival was a part, part of our charter. you know that God wanted to use our fellowship and, and raise, has raised us up for such a time as this in preparation for revival to be used in revival. And not just that, that's really the whole message of our fellowship is to prepare us for what takes place. You know, in our personal lives, you know, because you know, revival can come for any of us. You know, God wants to meet with us. We have to prepare today. You know, in one sense, we don't want the message to be set your heart on revival. I mean, who knows when that's going to happen, but we want to be prepared in our hearts today to meet with God. But he's also preparing us because he's, he's looking, you know, even if, as we heard in the prophetic, he's looking for laborers who can, he can use in his harvest and a harvest is coming, but our laborers ready. And so God is using us. That's the message of our fellowship is you know, go and teach the nations. Prepare the people of God because God needs those who He can use to bring in a mighty harvest. And not just that, because the end, the the end of that message is we're we're to have a mighty harvest. God wants to anoint people, pour out his spirit. But the whole purpose is so that we will be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all that we can stand. And I'll tell you what, it's going to take all of revival for us to be able to stand in the evil day. There's many that are going to flow in revival who will experience God's presence and power, but unfortunately will not stand in that day because they have not allowed God to found their lives upon the rock. We also heard that in prophecy. That was in my notes before it was in the prophetic. All right. So that is the key. Revival is, the purpose of revival is to get our lives founded upon the rock of his truth and his word. And, and that's why God wants to raise up teachers of righteousness. And in reality, trees of righteousness who can proclaim and be examples of his truth. All right? We looked at that I think, was that last Sunday? I can't remember. Trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. And so God is looking throughout all the earth for those He can use in the Joseph ministry. Because the ministry of Joseph is a direct type of the last days of someone who's prepared to sustain the nations and to sustain the people of God. And so I I want to... Kind of look at that, that concept of God using us, working in each of our lives, that we could be a people prepared, ones he can use to proclaim his truth and his glory in our day and in the last days. But to do that, I, w- I want to look with you at, at the words of the patriarch Jacob, because he gave promises or he proclaimed pr- pr- prophetically promises over joseph and his seed uh, and i, I want to just look at those promises that were given and how we can flow in those promises of blessing and fruitfulness and the he uh, jacob gave those those prophetic words to all of his sons in genesis 49 and in verse 22 he said this about joseph he said joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a well and his branches run over the wall The archers have bitterly grieved him and shot at him and hated him, but his bow remained in strength. The arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob, for there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. By the God of your father who will help you and by the almighty who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breast of the womb, blessings of your father Uh, The the blessings of your father have excelled the blessings of my ancestors up to the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They They shall be on the head of Joseph and the crown on the head of him who was separated from his brothers. Now that's a pretty mighty prophecy. And when you compare it to the other brothers, I mean, Joseph received... A, a mighty prophecy but he went through mighty things compared to his brothers didn't he and so there's a there's a ton you could do a series on just everything god spoke to to joseph but i want to bring two things out that i think are very significant to us in how we can prepare you know how god can work in us uh and to to enter into that joseph ministry and as as you can say that to prepare to be fruitful in the last days. To be fruitful in our day as well. We are in the last days. But you know, to be prepared to be used by God and to flow in his fruitfulness. And, and so I want to focus on two things. The first thing can be seen in the description um, back in, in verse 22. It says, the archers shot at him and hated him but his bow remained in strength his bow remained in strength and so it was the concept with joseph that he experienced some of the greatest hardships you know i mean besides job it's hard to see someone who went through greater hardships i mean some of the prophets did i mean you think about ezekiel and jeremiah and what they did but but yet you see him and and the how god led him and the experiences he had great hardships, great betrayal by people who were supposed to be his brothers. You know, the prof- prophecy describes it as they were, they shot at him. They tried to destroy him. But he was able to endure. He was able to overcome. You know, he was different than his brothers, and he had to go through a different, different experiences, but he endured, and that's what sets him apart he was he endured through strength his bow remained in strength and and so that it's that concept of endurance that is so important that God wants to put on it, in us you know Joseph endured that's a part of what sets him apart from his brothers i don't think any of his brothers would have endured in the same way that that Joseph did he he held on and what endured, he didn't just get through the trials, he held on to the promises of God. He trusted in God. He kept faithful in the pathway that God was leading him in. Even though he was bitterly grieved, treated terribly. You know, what injustice you know Joseph experienced at the hands of his brothers uh, from Potiphar. Somehow he was able to endure and to hold on to the promises and not let go. And this quality of endurance is so vital, you know, for the last days in our day because Jesus said in Matthew 24:13, "But he that endures to the end shall be saved." Those who endure shall be saved or as that kind of that word means will be preserved. God is going to preserve us if we endure and hold on to him. And so there's going to be a great measure of endurance that's going to be required in the last days. And if we're you know, called to the Joseph ministry, then there'll be a lot of endurance required for us today. right? Today, if we'll hear his voice and follow him in that pathway, we're going to have to, to endure. And so that's the principle of the Joseph ministry it's not developed in the last days. He was ready when, when that time came. In fact, he was ready beforehand, probably about two years beforehand. That he, he was probably ready then, but he had to wait and endure. And so that is something God wants to put within our hearts. The word used here in Matthew 24 for endurance, let's see if I can pronounce this right. I actually listened to it on YouTube to. You're right. It's hippomone. Hippomone. And Strong's definition is to stay under. If we will endure, we will stay under. To remain. To undergo. To bear trials. To have fortitude. Persevere. Abide. Endure. All these synonyms that tell us something. To take patiently to suffer to tarry behind right there's a lot in that definition that can speak to us and really doesn't every one of those words describe what Joseph had to have to make it through his trials you know he had to endure he had to persevere he had to he had to remain and in one sense i mean you can sometimes you look at Joseph well he didn't have a choice i mean he was a prisoner he was in shackles but yet Joseph being in shackles had nothing to do with him reigning. It was what was taking place in his spirit. Even though he was in shackles, he wasn't in his spirit. He was overcoming. He was triumphing in his spirit. So much so that, you know, Potiphar saw it and then the jailer saw it. They said, Man, you you have it together. There's something about you that you're worthy. I can trust you. How many of us would go into a prison today and say, Hey, I can trust you? <laughs> Not many. And Joseph was different. There was something about his spirit that he had overcome. And that defines him. I mean, he was in physical captivity. He didn't have much of a choice, but he did have a choice in how his spirit would respond. And that's the choice all of us have. Sometimes we have a choice in our captivity. We can just sidestep it and if we want. Other times he takes us through where we don't have a choice. We're in it no matter what. But in both of those situations, the real choice is how we respond in our spirit. Will we meet God in it? Will we cry out for grace? Will we obtain the oil of his grace and and trust in God that he's going to carry us through as Joseph did? And we endure. Another person in scripture that speaks to us of endurance that I, I didn't really consider this. Uh, verse from him is Moses, and it actually mentions this quality concerning Moses, in, in it, but it's in Hebrews. It's not necessarily in the Old Testament, but Hebrews 11, 27, it says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, seeing him who is invisible. He endured, and, and sometimes the passage of Moses is, is kind of short. I mean, there's a lot on it in scripture, but you can read it really fast and say, well, God did a work in Moses and then he was, you know, went into the desert for a little bit and then he went to the promised land, but he was in the desert as long as I was, I'm alive, you know, I'm in my forties. That's how long he was in the desert. And that's, that's another 40 years. And in addition to Egypt, I mean, he went through a lot of preparation just to get to his main ministry, which was Israel. He had to endure. He had a lot of, you know, time of preparation. Uh, two-thirds of his life was just preparation for his main ministry, and he had to endure. And what he had, how he endured is he looked to the one who was invisible. He could have chosen a pathway in Egypt that uh, looked much more pleasant to his eyes, to his natural eyes. He could see it with his eyes and think, well, what I'm seeing now looks a lot, very pleasant to me. And he could have chosen that. But he's, instead, he chose something else. I mean, when you think about it, you know, today, a lot of people in the world, well, there's more opportunity in the world to live a pleasant life. In some nations, there's unpleasantness and it's hard to get out of it. But around the world, just living was hard unless you were of the upper class, which he was brought into. He was brought into a privileged society in Egypt. I mean, he was a prince in Egypt, and he could, he could have lived a life very few on earth were privileged to experience. But it says, instead he chose to endure the wilderness, to live in the desert as a shepherd. You know, who of us would choose to live You know, give up a a mansion somewhere. You know, there's lots of mansions here in Florida. You could live on the beach in a mansion. Or maybe we'd give up and go live in the desert somewhere in Arabia, herding sheep. (laughs) That's what he did because that's where God was. God was in the obscure time of preparation. And he chose that instead of what was glorious and glamorous in Egypt. And in one sense, endurance is closely linked with vision. You know, we talked about having a spiritual vision for God's highest for our lives, and we have to feed that vision. You know, Moses had a vision for his life, but it was for something invisible. Not something he could see with his eyes, but he knew God had a plan for him. There wasn't a lot of evidence for it except in his spirit. And so if we're going to be people who endure, We have to have vision for what we can't see with our eyes, but just what God deposits in our spirit. And we hold on to that. And whatever we see with our eyes, you know, sometimes we we see with our eyes and we have to say, eyes, you're lying to me. I'm not seeing the promise. I don't see what God wants to bring me into. Uh, But even though I'm not seeing with my eyes, that's a lie. What's in my spirit Is the reality that's the truth because that's from God that's from heaven and that's eternal that's really having a vision what it means you know we might not see the vision coming to pass like Joseph who was called to rule as a prisoner it didn't make sense in the natural maybe we have a a sense of the calling of God a desire of something you know we he wants us to do in life or do in us but we haven't seen much evidence of it. Well, the pattern and example of Joseph tells us if we endure, we stay under, which is endurance. If we, st- if we come out from it, that's not endurance. But if we stay under how he's le- leading us, we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he lifts us out in due time. One last aspect of, that we'll look at with Joseph And this is in the the last verse in Genesis 49, 26. It talks about the blessings of of his father. uh, Or the blessings of your father excelled the blessings of my ancestor up to the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills. They're shed upon the head of Joseph. And so the blessings were coming from Jacob to Joseph, the crown of the head of him. But here's that phrase that's really important of him who was separate from his brother's. That's how he got the, the, the blessing. He wasn't just one of the boys. God separated him, and got, and Joseph allowed God to work in his life so that he could receive the blessing. And so a part of Joseph's calling was to be separate from his brothers. In, in, a, in a way, it was a, a separate and lonely walk as God was preparing Joseph for his ministry. It was different than his brother's. You know, his brothers were in the promised land producing children. That seemed like where, where the action should be at, right? We're, we're a part of the, the promise of God. We're producing spiritual, the seed of God and so forth. But here's Joseph separated from it off in the world in Egypt. But really, he was the one being separated to be used by God. And so if you just looked at it from a natural perspective, you know, who was fulfilling the calling? Well, it looked like it, Joseph's brothers were, you know, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, and all them were producing children in the promised land. But, you know, that's where we have to have a sense of God. What do you, What's your plan? What are you asking us to do? What do you want us to do as individuals, as a church, as a fellowship? We have to get that direction from heaven Because if we look in the natural, we sure can be off. We sure can be wrong because we'll just look at what everyone else is doing and say, that's what we should do. But if we get our direction from heaven, and that's so especially important if we have the Joseph ministry because God will call us to something because he wants to do a deep work. And sometimes we walk alone. Sometimes we appear different than other people because he's doing a deep work. Sometimes there's barrenness when we think there should be fruitfulness. And that's another thing that set Joseph apart. You know, he was barren, but yet his ultimate calling was fruitfulness, wasn't it? That was the promise. Genesis 49, 22. Joseph is a fruitful bough by a well. His branches run over the wall. That was the ultimate promise for the Joseph ministry. Fruitfulness. But how it's developed is through a time and a season of separation and sometimes a time of barrenness with little fruit to show for it. In fact, Joseph was born from one of the barren women in Scripture, from Rachel. And that can speak to us. Sometimes God pro- produces the most exquisite fruit through times and seasons of barrenness where we're just crying out to God and waiting upon Him. And, you know, that happened... For many other people in Scripture, sometimes God cuts us back, He prunes us. But then it's but the reason for that pruning is not just to hurt the tree, and actually it's it's quite the opposite. It's to help the tree grow and produce good fruit. <laughs> we can see this with Abraham and Lot. You know look, we know the story from Genesis. Lot traveled with Abraham. I don't know how that conversation went where Lot says, "Hey, can I come along?" You know, he he just ended up on the journey. The problem was Lot his his vision was was not for what Abraham had for his vision. It was for something different. And there came a point when they just couldn't stay together. There was conflict and and so Abraham just gave him the choice, "Lot, where do you want to go? What's what's your direction? Where do you want?" And he looked to the the pleasant land of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's kind of hard to understand that because we, we see it as desert wasteland and the Dead Sea around that and so forth. But when Lot looked, it was a very pleasant land to dwell in. And he chose that. And he went that way. And then Abraham said, Lord, I want you. He gave Lot the choice for the best. And then he said, Lord, I want you as my inheritance. And it was after that separation that God spoke the precious promise, right? Genesis 13, 14, the Lord said unto Abraham, after Lot was separated from him, he said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, all that land which you see, I will give it to you and to your seed and I'll make your seed like the dust of the earth so that no man can number the dust of the earth. So shall thy seed also be numbered. Elsewhere, it's described as the sand, on the seashore. And that's where I mentioned going back. Where did I talk about that? That it would come up later. Yeah, it was in the very beginning, but I can't find it in my notes. Anyway, here we are. The blessing coming after he was separated from Lot. And then he was given that precious promise of fruitfulness, of increase, like the dust of the earth that can't be numbered, like the sand on the, the shores of the ocean. But because Abraham submitted to God's plan, he walked in God's ways, even if it meant separating from Lot, and he walked alone. Now, of course, he wasn't alone. I mean, he had a large family there. So he, he had a congregation in the wilderness there that he led, but he had to separate from, from some of his, his brethren in that because God, God was calling him to walk in a separated pathway in a different way, a pathway ordained by God, a pathway of preparation. But ultimately, as he did that, as the work was accomplished, God said, everything you see with your eyes, I'm giving it to you forever. And it was, it was the natural, but also the spiritual. And so God has a unique calling for each of us And we can't look around at the other people and say, oh, I'd like what they have. Unless it's, maybe it's their relationship with the Lord. That's something we can look at and say, wow, they they have a relationship with the Lord. I want something like that. But if God's called them to do something, we, we have to be careful and say, Lord, what have you called me to do? What way are you leading me in? What do you want me to do in my life? And as we allow God to do that full work in us, sometimes through separation so that our eyes will be fully fixed on him and not on others, not on other things or other people, but on what he wants to do in us so that we can be abundantly fruitful. And so the Joseph ministry is so needed and necessary in our day and in the days to come. He needs Josephs who can preserve God's people and preserve nations. Because I tell you what, we haven't even seen the harvest that's coming. Whole nations are going to respond to God. He's going to throw his net upon the nations. And then trouble's coming. But that's why God needs Josephs who have been prepared and made ready so that they can feed other people. And of course, that's in spiritual terms, thankfully. And so those who have been prepared, they've allowed God to prepare them to put within them a spirit that has learned to endure, to hold fast, to stay under the covering, the authority, the mantle that God has brought them under, has placed them under, to endure the tests and the trials, the situations that might make us feel separated, even though we're in the midst of the congregation, because God wants to do a specific work. But the promise is, if we'll continue and endure to the end, the end will be fruitfulness. Joseph was a fruitful branch, so abundant, it went over the wall and spread out to even beyond those God was calling him to. It overflowed. Joseph even sustained the nations as well as God's people. And so let's pray that God would do everything his desires everything he desires in us as individuals as a church as a fellowship that we would be abundantly fruitful prepared and made ready to be used by him so and in revival but ultimately so that, so that having done all we would be able to stand in that day amen father we just thank you for the example of joseph and Lord, for what he allowed you to do in him and through him and how you made him so fruitful. And Lord, we just see that example and that pattern of what you want to do in us. And Lord, we just cry out to you. Lord, help us to be those who would endure, Lord, as you spoke. And Lord, that, that we would experience the full meaning of that. That we would stay under your mighty hand and yield to you and to your work in us. That we wouldn't come out from that or go around it or try to bypass it. Oh, but Lord, do that work within us. Help us even to to have that vision of just staying and remaining where you have us, oh God, and be settled in that. And oh God, even do that work of separation. Lord, if there's things that need to be identified and separated in us, do that work. We pray that we would walk with you in fruitfulness. Oh, an increase in blessing that you could even use us to feed other people because of what you've done in us. We just thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.